It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The Old The Pain Podcast. Friday, June 24th, 2022. The Joe Beningo Old The Pain Podcast, of course, brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. KZ Sports Marketing and Needed Discount Tire. And the Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. You know, somebody's got to explain to me what the hell is going on with the New York Knickerbockers. You got to tell me what's going on. I mean, look, we we all know they've been a disaster now for over 20 years. I mean, that that goes without saying. But the only thing worse right now than the New York Knicks situation might be my golf game because that's a disaster, I can tell you that. But the Knicks, oh, my God. I mean, can somebody explain to me what they were doing last night on draft night? What were they doing? They had the 11th pick in the draft. They never move up. We know that. You know, we, we've stated that already. You know, they they got the, the Ewing pick back in 1985. They got the number one pick in the draft, the first uh, draft lottery ever. And since then, they have never moved up again. You know, they've moved backwards, never moved up, have never had the number one pick again. And the chances are good they never will. Uh, but, I mean, what were they doing? They had the 11th pick in the draft last night. They draft some guy from France. I mean, obviously, you never heard of him. Who heard of him? That doesn't mean he can't be a really good player. Dang is his last name. Uh, you know, it wasn't Frederick Weiss. We know that. <clears throat> so they draft this guy from France, and then they trade him. I think they traded him to the Hornets, right, for the 13th pick in the draft. So then they draft another guy with the 13th pick in the draft, and they turn around, and they trade him to the Pistons, for, uh, for I guess, future draft choices along with Kemba Walker. What a disaster the Kemba Walker deal was, huh? So I think they got a, I think they got a number one pick from Charlotte. I think it was Charlotte. I don't even know. But but what did, what did they get out of it? What, what exactly is the Nick game plan here? To clear cap space to go get Jalen Brunson from Dallas? Really? He's gonna he's gonna be a franchise changing player. He's a nice player, but he's gonna be a franchise changing player. And why the hell would he want to leave Dallas playing with Luka Doncic over there? I mean, come on. I mean, I you gotta explain to me what's going on with this franchise. They are nowhere. And I say this all the time. How is it possible? We just saw this terrific run, <clears throat> even though they wound up coming short. We saw this terrific run by the Rangers to the conference finals. How is it possible that the same guy, and I say this over and over, makes me nuts, that owns the Rangers, owns the Knicks too? The Knicks are an out-and-out disaster. They have been for over 20 years. And the Rangers have been a pretty decent franchise over the last 20 years. More often than not, have they made the playoffs, and they've made a lot of deep runs in the playoffs, even though they haven't won a cup and only got to the finals one time. You know, they've been to the conference finals a number of times. The Knicks are just you know, nowhere to be found. I mean, they've won one playoff series since, uh, you know, 2001. I I, I, I just, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I look, the NBA to me, I said this last, uh, I believe it was Monday, is not what it used to be for me, all right? I don't see how it ever gets to that point again. 
So many things with the game on the court. So many things with the game off the court. The state of the NBA off the court. So many things that aggravate me that, you know, I just don't know if I'm ever going to feel the same way about the league that I did, you know, for, you know, most of my life. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see it anymore. But you'd like to see the Knicks, you know, come back to being at least what they were in the 90s when they were a legitimate contender every year. You know, I'm not even asking for, you know, the championship years all the way back in the 70s, back in ancient history in the 70s. Give me what we got in the 90s. You can't even get that. And what are they doing? I, I just don't get it. So you got the 11th pick in the draft. You trade that for draft picks. You know, you get the 13th pick in the draft. You trade that basically to get rid of Kemba Walker's contract. Where are, Where is this franchise? And to me, and I've said it before, one of the big problems and maybe the biggest problem with this franchise is that, number one, they are worth more money than any other NBA franchise. Can you imagine that? Here they, they're worth more money than the Lakers. They're worth more money than the Celtics. They're worth more money than the Bulls. More money than any franchise in the league, which is really, when you think about it, is staggering considering how crappy they've been for over 20 years. But the problem is they still sell the garden out. The people are still there, you know, going to the games, no matter how brutal the Knicks are. You know, it's become almost like going to a Broadway play right? Or going to the Met, you know, the Metropolitan Opera or something like that, because that's really what it is. You go there, you know, you don't really care if the Knicks win or not. So many, <clears throat> so I can't even talk. So many of the celebrities that go to these games, I mean, they're not, they're there to be seen. They're not really there to, oh, let's, you know, they'll give you the, <clears throat> you know, they'll root for the Knicks, like they're big Knicks fans, but they're really not. I mean, outside of a guy like Spike Lee or you know, Woody Allen or these kind of guys that have been going to the, you know, the garden for a hundred years. I, I really, it just, I, I don't know what to say. And I don't know where this franchise is going, but getting back to my original, original point, they're worth so much money as it is. Where's the incentive to win? There is no incentive. There really isn't. And you're going to stop. I mean, you know, Dolan's making all this money, no matter how, how crappy the Knicks are. And it makes me laugh, too. This is another thing that makes me laugh. But I hear people say, well, but, you know, the league wants a good team in New York. Really? Do they? Why do you, why, why do you say that? They've had a disastrous franchise for two decades. So if they were so in a hurry to have a good team in New York, you know, maybe they'd bump the Knicks up to get maybe the number one pick in the draft from 11, you know, every now and then when they're in a the lottery. Right? Wouldn't they? Right? No, they don't give a damn. Who cares? They love the fact that these, you know, the other team, all these other stars love to come to the guy. That's another thing, too. You talk about, oh, you know, you want to get free agents, want to come here. Nobody wants to come here. Who the hell wants to come to the next? Carmelo Anthony once did. Amari Stoudemire threw the sun and the moon at him. He once did. But who, who's running to come and play here? What free agent is can't wait to come and play for the Knicks? They, that, that person doesn't exist. It's a joke. They, you know, they love to come into the garden and just destroy the Knicks. You know, uh, you know, LeBron, Curry. I mean, go right out down the line. Durant, all these guys they love to come to the garden. You know, Luca. You, you name the guy. Love to come there and just, you know, beat the crap out of them. You know, put fifty up, but nobody wants to come and play for them. 
They're a dysfunctional franchise. They have been for over two decades now. And I don't know what they were doing last night. I mean, to me, what the hell are you, what have they, what are they doing to improve this basketball team? Because I don't see it. And for those who want to blame Tom Thibodeau, and I understand maybe Tom Thibodeau is now an old school coach. I I don't know what the new school is. I mean, you tell me what the new school coach is. The new school coach is the guy that's got all the players and can win. You know, Steve Curry at Golden State. I'm Steve Curry. Steve Kerr at Golden State, obviously. Steph Curry. You know, he's got the pieces. Only, and the only team that's got the pieces that can't win is the Brooklyn Nets. So you don't want to get me started on that nonsense over there, right? What a disaster they are. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, basically the GM, and Kyrie Irving, basically the coach. And we'll see if he winds up staying with the Nets or not. I doubt it. I know you're sure, I'm sure they want to get, get rid of him. But as far as Thibodeau goes, I mean, how many, how many coaches are we going to go through with the Knicks? I documented this a while ago. But since Jeff Van Gundy, let me see if I can get everybody. I don't know if I can get everybody down. Since Jeff Van Gundy left in the early part of the 01-02 season, let me see if I can. I got. I don't know if I can get them all in order. But who have we had? We've had. We've had Don Chaney. We've had Lenny Wilkins. Uh, let's see. We've had Larry Brown, who was the coach for about you know a minute and a half, something like that. Uh, we had Mike D'Antoni. Uh, he was. He, he was terrific, right? We had Mike Woodson, who was a very good coach and should, you know, actually coach the best Nick, Nick team we've had in 20 years, that team that won 54 games with Carmelo and Tyson Chandler and, and uh, J.R. Smith and all these guys. You know, that was, you know, a pretty good team. You had guys like Jason Kidd on that team, Rasheed Wallace, you know, and, and they won 54 games and wound up winning the only playoff round that this franchise has won since 2000. And the only one. And then they got unceremoniously bounced in the second round by the Indiana Pacers losing that series in six games and didn't even get to the conference finals, which, you know, they at least had to do that year. But Woodson was a good coach. The following year, they only won 37 games. And then, of course, Phil Jackson came in. What a disaster that was. And he got rid of Mike Woodson. He brought in Derek Fisher. That worked out really well. How about Jeff Hornacek? How did that go? Oh, my God. How about David Fisdale? How was he? Oh! So you want all these guys, and I, I maybe missed a guy here or there. I don't know. I probably did. I probably missed somebody that was coaching the team in that period of time. But now you want to dump Thibodeau and bring who? Who's coming here now? Who? What, Krzyzewski out of retirement? Why, what, Jay Wright is going to, you know, come after he left the Villanova? You're going to come coach the Knicks? Who the hell wants to come and coach them? Leave Thibodeau alone, but I, I don't get with it. I don't. I don't get the situation. The Knicks are doomed. You know, you could talk about whatever you want. Like I got hope for every team I root for. Obviously, the Rangers were a real good team, and they're, you know, they look like a team that can win a championship in the, in the near future. By the way, congratulations to Igor Shesterkin for winning the Vesna Trophy. Congratulations to him. Too bad he didn't win the the playoff MVP for you know winning winning the, the cup. But nevertheless. You know, congratulations to Shostakin for winning the Vesna. But the Rangers are on the cusp of being a championship team. They're close. They're right there. We, they went to the Final Four in hockey this year, obviously. Right? The Mets are a good team. They're 19 games over 500. I'm a little worried about them. They, you know, the lead is now only four games over Atlanta as they got beat in those two games by the Astros in Houston. Now they come home for a big 
Uh, they're not home, but they're down in Miami for a uh, three-game series with the Marlins, and it's always difficult playing the Marlins, especially down there. And Sandy Alcantara is pitching tonight. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. So that that's not going to be easy. The Mets got some injury issues, but we'll get to the Mets. But the Mets are a good team, no doubt. The Jets, I mean, you know, I think the Jets at least have some hope. You know, we'll get to Makai Becton, who I think came into, you know, came into uh, minicamp or whatever they call it right now, like at about 480 pounds. What a disgrace that is. My wife's my, and it's not 480. I think it's only 400, but not 480, but just seems that way. But we'll get into him for a second. But, you know, with the draft, you know, they had a good draft, free agency, you know, you got some hope for Zach Wilson. Don't love the coach, but, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's hope for the Jets. At least there's some, there's optimism going forward with them. But where the hell is the optimism with the Knicks? There's none. There's none. And what they did yesterday, give me a break. They basically drafted nobody. Some guy from Duke in the second round I never heard of. What did they do? Jalen Brunson, you think you're going to find the, get Donovan? Why the hell would Donovan Mitchell want to come here? I know he's, you know, he's from New York. He's a father who works for the Mets. He's a big Mets fan, yada, yada. Why the hell would Donovan Mitchell? I know Utah's not the greatest place to be, although there's a lot, I don't know how, how great it is to be in New York anymore either, but that's another story. That's for another day, not really sports related. But why would he want to come? Why does anybody want to come here except to be on the visiting team and go beat the brains into the Knicks? That's it. What is this? I I just I don't get it. There's no hope. I just don't I just don't think there's any hope for them. I, I don't see, you know, that we're gonna be sitting here 10 years from now and it's not gonna be the same old, same old. And again, I'll say it one more time. Jim Dolan, does he really own the Rangers too? How can you run one franchise like a like a, a you know like a an absolutely you know fine oiled machine and run the other one like <laughs> you know a dumpster fire? No other way to say it. So another brilliant night on draft night for the New York Knickerbockers. Oh my God, what an absolute disaster they are! All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the Yoda Pain Podcast. Uh, let's get some of the sponsors in here. We always got to start with the Hackensack Brewing Company. Uh, I believe July 16th is going to be the next time we do a live podcast from the Brewing Company. You know the deal. 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 and Hackensack. Uh, tap rooms open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue. In Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. My tombstone not there yet, but, it, you know, my golf tombstone might be there with the absolute disgrace that my golf game is. My wife is so much better than me right now. But, we, you know, it is, what are you going to do? I mean, it is what it is. And we'll, we'll get into some of that maybe, too, if we have time here. But anyway, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Mike Jones, what a, really, what a terrific guy. Pretty good golfer, too. Mike Jones, good dude, no doubt. You got to go there, see him, love him. All of that, TJ, Herb, Andre, everybody. So we love the Hackensack Brewing Company. And go check them out. Uh, have a couple there. And we'll be back on July 16th for our next live podcast. Then there's the KZ. Oh, that's it's on our anniversary. It's right. July 16th is our anniversary. We'll be married 28 years. Wow. Unbelievable. Can't make it up. My wife's all excited about it. They said it wouldn't last. Anyway. My good friend, Kenny Zor from KZ Sports Marketing. He's a great guy. I uh, hope you had a good time in Mexico. 
I uh, hope you got out alive too. If you're looking to secure your favorite, I haven't heard from him, so hopefully. If you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, you could be a charity function, corporate golf adding, an in-store autograph appearance. Give my buddy Kenny Zor from KZ Sports Marketing a call. You can text him or call him directly, 516-996-7616, or visit kzsportsmarketing.com, 516-996-7616. You know, how about this Yankee game last night? You see, I mean, you know, right now, you talk about a heavyweight matchup. And, you know, not a lot of time that you get it. Not you know during a, a course of 162 game eternal baseball season that you get real serious buzz during the season, but last night Yankee Stadium the Astros come in to play the Yankees. I mean that is serious stuff. I mean for a guy like me, you know that really only cares about the Mets. I mean pretty much I only really care about the Mets in baseball. Even I had interest last night watching this game. I mean that's pretty good and. Right now, you ask me, that's got to be the AL uh, American League Championship Series, Yankees-Astros, because what a great matchup it is. The Astros are up 6-3 in this game. They get a three-run home run in the first inning from Alex Bregman. Uh, The Yankees counter with a three-run shot from Giancarlo, who hits it to the moon in right field. You know, uh, I don't know, a monster shot going the other way to tie the game at 3-3. The Astros take the lead against Tyon, when the incomparable Jordan Alvarez, I mean, how good is this guy? We saw him kill the Mets those two games in Houston during the week. Hits this laser beam line drive three-run home run to give the Astros Astros a 6-3 lead. And I tell you, you tell me who is a, who is a more dangerous, you can talk about Otani all you want. Who is a more dangerous left-hand hitter in, the, in baseball right now than this guy? Oh, my God. I mean, Alvarez, he is a monster. He is the modern-day Willie McCovey, even whereas McCovey's number 44. Boy, he's something else. But they're up 6-3. They're shutting down the Yankees all the way to the ninth inning, and then the Yankees, as only they can, pull this game out. Of all people, Aaron Hicks with a three-run bomb to tie the game. And then Aaron Judge, whose arbitration hearing is today, he's going to make between either $17 million or $21 million, and God knows what he's going to make when he signs his new contract. Whatever. With that uh, double, what do you want to call it, walk-off base hit down the left field line. The Yankees come back, four runs in the ninth inning and win the game 7-6. to Unbelievable. But uh, Yankees-Astros, you want to sign for that because that is – you talk about a matchup, a baseball matchup that has sex appeal during a regular season or at any time, Houston-Yankees. And we'll see if the Yankees can finally uh, break through and beat the Astros. But – what a, I tell you, they got a they got a four game series this weekend, three more this week, this weekend at Yankee Stadium. It really doesn't get any better than the Astros and the Yankees. That is pretty good. And and one other thing, while well, I'm talking about Houston, I mean, remember one thing about remember this Astro team. They've won three pennants since 2017. They won the World Series in 2017. Everybody says it was tainted because of the cheating nonsense. You know, all the uh, the baseball writers on the moral high ground that they're on, and we'll get to them again in a second. But the Astros, 2017, win the World Series. 2019, get to the World Series, lose to the Nationals. Last year, get to the World Series, lose to the Braves. <laughs> this is this is some baseball team and has been for a while. You say whatever you want about the cheating nonsense. And even though they lose Carlos Correa, like they haven't missed a beat with him, really. Verlander's back to pitching like 
the Hall of Fame pitcher he is after missing two years. Um, this guy uh, that pitched last night, Fran Bob, uh, you know, he, he's pretty damn good too. You know, uh, they're really, really uh, a terrific team. But I want to get to Altuve, okay? Because this guy, this guy is a first ballot walk-in Hall of Famer. Let's be real. He's one of the best, sec- he's one of the greatest second basemen of all time. Certainly in my lifetime. I got to put him up there with anybody. Joe Morgan, Nellie Fox, uh, Ryan Sandberg. You name the second base. You name the guy, the great second baseman. This guy's right there with any of these guys in in the modern day era, and he should be a walk in first ballot Hall of Famer. And I wonder if the baseball writers, okay, the holier than thou group that they are, like I said, you talk about on the moral high ground, boy, they're up there. You know, they'll be the first to get to you know just. Go off about the guys on steroids. Go off about the cheating scandal in Houston and all that. Is this guy going to get screwed for the Hall of Fame because of that? I want to know. Now, it's a while. He's still playing. It's going to be a while before that, you know, he's eligible to be to go to the Hall of Fame. But he is a first ballot lock Hall of Famer. No doubt. One of the great second basemen of all time. The face of that Houston franchise. Um over the last number of years that they've been uh, the contender they've been. And I just wonder, you know, we saw what happened to Carlos Beltran and how he's gotten hosed. And I'm very happy that Carlos now has a job in the Yankee booth. Yes. I mean, I I don't get that either. I mean, they got Michael Kay, they got David Cohn, they got Carlos Beltran, they got uh, Cameron Mabin. They got a cast of thousands over there. You never know who's going to be doing these games, but when Ruko does the game, something, whatever. Be that as it may. I'm digressing here. But we all know how Beltran got screwed. He's basically been blackballed out of uh, being in baseball anymore. He's in the booth, but he's not working for any major league teams. He got hosed out of the Met managing job because of this this ridiculous scandal with the the Astros. Let's be real. He got screwed there. And everybody else is back, right? Cora is back. Hinch is back. You know. Nothing happened, you know, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm praising Altuve, but nothing happened to these guys, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, nothing happened to them. They were involved. Did they lose anything because of this? No. But I just hope that the baseball writers don't hose this guy because he is a legitimate first ballot Hall of Fame second baseman. He's one of the great second basemen of all time, and I hope he doesn't get screwed by the baseball writers. I really do. And they might. There's a good chance because, you know, those guys are here and we're here. So whatever. All right. Joe Beningo with the, I mean, they just, the baseball writers just, they just love me. All right. Joe Beningo, but I, you know, it is what it is. Joe Beningo with the Older Pain podcast. Uh, I want to get a couple more of my sponsors in here. Need a discount tire? Go check them out. It was there yesterday to get my oil changed. So Johnny didn't see Ari because he's off on Thursday. I think we might be playing golf with Ari again next week. He's a pretty good golfer too. Everybody's better than me right now. I mean, with the with the with one exception, there's one person that is not better than me right now, and that's my good buddy JJ John Jastrzemski. <laughs> like everybody else is better, JJ is not better. Okay, even my wife is agreeing. Okay, and I love JJ. I love the guy. Like I I love him like a brother, but. He needs a little work, and he needs a little work on on understanding how to play. It's not necessarily are you good or not. You know, you could not be a very good golfer but still know how to play golf. 
And I don't know if JJ quite knows that yet. Now he's going to be ticked off if he hears this, but I apologize. But he's the only guy that's like below my level right now. Like everybody else is is better than me right now. So we'll leave it at that. I, I lost I lost my train of thought. Oh, that Ari's even a better golfer than me now. No offense. I love Ari. But go check out Anita Discount Tire. Like I said, I got my oil changed on yesterday. Uh, oil, not oil, not oil, oil. It's O-I-L. Oil. Like what we don't have in this country anymore because of our wonderful president and this great administration. But whatever. Again, I'm getting off track. Go see Ari. Go see Johnny. They'll take care of you. Tires. Oil change, any kind of car, uh, anything to service for your car, a needed discount tire. And, of course, the Blue Hill Golf Course, go check them out uh, in um, Pro River, New York, three nines, 27 holes, the whole deal. Go see Big Mike. Go see uh, AJ. Go see uh, Chase. They'll take care of you up there. Great pro shop, best pro shop this side of the PGA store. They got everything you possibly want there. They're going to have simulators as well. So go check out. The Blue Hill Golf Course. All right, Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, I, I alluded a little bit to the Mets. A little concerned. Uh, Four-game lead. The Braves beat the Giants last night. So the Mets lead the Braves by four right now in the NL East. 45-26. and 26. I mean, I can't get too crazy. <clears throat> but I am a little worried. I mean, the things that, you know, Carrasco now with an injury. McNeil's been hurt. I guess they're getting McCann back tonight. Not that he's anything great, but. The Mets do pitch to a better ERA with McCann as the catcher. Hopefully Scherzer will be back this weekend, and he's just about ready to be back. Don't even mention the Grom. And wake me up when he's back. He's not even part of the team as far as I'm concerned. But they go down to Miami this weekend. Uh, need, to, need to at least get two out of three against the Marlins here. They really do. Because I'm getting a little worried about the Braves coming up from behind after they had their 14-game winning streak. Mets got swept those two games. In Houston by the Astros, got whacked uh, the game, uh, what was it, Wednesday night or th- uh, Tuesday night, got whacked 8-2. to two. The game on Wednesday afternoon, they had their chances to win, couldn't get it done. They lost 5-3. to three. Uh, Right now, one guy that's really killing the Mets is Eduardo Escobar. Uh, he has not been very good. I mean, you talk about a guy I got no confidence in right now, that's him. You know, I love what Mark Can has done. I love what Starling Marte has done. But Escobar has been a major disappointment so far. I don't think there's any question about it. A major disappointment. But with that said, the Mets are still 19 games over 500. Alonzo's having an unbelievable year. Uh, but, you know, they need him healthy because if he went down, forget about it. You got to be concerned about the bullpen right now outside of Diaz. I guess Lugo's back from the paternity leave tonight. I got some concerns about the Mets right now. I really do. I'm a little worried about him. Like I said, there's still 19 games over 500, um, you know, but we'll see. But they need to do something this weekend. I'd like to see them sweep Miami. They never go down there and do that. Get at least two. Alcantara's on the mound tonight. He's going to be – he's always a tough guy to deal with. I guess Chris Bassett, who's been really up and down for the Mets. You know, I get up to a good start at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year. Since then, he's been very – he's been a little shaky. But I guess he's pitching tonight. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I believe it's his turn in the rotation. So Mets in Miami tonight, and uh, we'll see if they can get themselves back on track. They still have not lost more than two games in a row all year. Think about that. Have not lost more than two games in a row all year, and I believe they've only lost four series all year. But they need to bounce back after the two losses in Houston and get something done here 
against the Marlins uh, starting tonight in Miami. And then the Astros actually next week after the Marlins, after they play the Yankees at the stadium, these four games, stay right in New York and go over to Queens to play the Mets a couple of games. So we're going to see a lot of the, the Houston Astros here in New York <clears throat> for a, uh, you know, for a week, uh, you know, a good 10 days here. But nevertheless, Mets in Miami tonight need to get back on track against one of the very best pitchers in baseball, and that's Sandy Alcantara. Um, I want to just make the – I want to end it with the Mackay Becton thing. Boy, how, this guy shows up at minicamp 400 pounds. You know, I said this with the draft, and I love that they, this guy, Sauce Gardner, I'm all – I'm great that they picked him. Hopefully he's going to be the next Darrell Revis and all of that. But I really think the Jets needed to take one of these tackles with that first pick in the draft this year, with their first of the first-round picks. I really do. You did a guy from North Carolina State, I forget where he went, with a guy, Neil, that the Giants wound up taking from Alabama. They should have took one of these tackles because Becton's – I just don't see where it's going to happen. And, you know, they got they continue to justify him, let's be real, because he was the first draft pick that Joe Douglas ever had. So the fact that he was a number one pick for this team – you know, kind of gives him some security, at least for a little while. I don't know how long that's going to last. Guy was hurt his entire rookie year. Last year, he played the first, you know, couple snaps of the first game of the year. We didn't see him again after that. He's always overweight. The The Jets made a mistake here. If they're banking on Becton, I'm, I'm concerned about it. I don't see it. I don't see it. They lost Morgan Moses. Who's going to play right tackle if Becton craps out again? Love Sauce Gardner, love the draft the Jets had, no doubt about it. But they should have they should have took one of these tackles and just said, "Look, Becton, we get it. We made a mistake. We're going to move on from it." But got to justify that number one pick, right, Joe? Got to justify it. That first first draft was great with with Becton and the incomparable Denzel Mims. That's for sure. We'll see what happens with Becton, but this. Uh, not taking one of these tackles this year might come back to burn the Jets and probably will. Got no confidence right now in Beckton. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Um, going out to play a little golf today. Enjoy yourself. Happy birthday to my uh, uh, grandson, Trey. He's nine years old. All the love.